tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 67. Well, I've sure enjoyed revisiting some of The Living Room's favorite episodes this summer, but I'm excited to get back to some new topics and new guests this fall. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking with Jess Connolly about breaking free from body shame. Yep, I think all of us feel it. That feeling of, oh, I wish that my thighs were different, my nose was different. But you know what? There's other shame that also tells us that we're not enough, that we don't measure up. We're going to talk a lot about accepting ourselves as God accepts us, yet being willing to cooperate with God's grace to become everything He wants us to be. So here's the interview. Well, you guys, I have been so excited about this interview for months and, well, maybe even a year. It was just Connolly's last book that I was hoping to have her on, but it didn't work out. But good news, good news. Today, we have author and ministry leader Jess Connolly with us, and she's going to be talking about her new book, Breaking Free from Body Shame, Daring to Reclaim What God Has Named Good. Oh my goodness. Important message, my friend. Welcome to the living room. Oh, what a gift to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, I remember when your book, um, You're the Girl for the Job, came across my desk, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, I want to hear this. I want to hear about this from this woman. And so can you just give us just a little snippet? Because I really do want to hear, like, what, what was the big pushing theme of that book? Absolutely. And honestly, I mean, it'll be the theme of my life for the rest of my life. So I'm always happy to talk about it. You Are the Girl for the Job was really um, a biblical look at capacity. And for every woman who feels like she is not equipped for anything, enter anything in that motherhood, mission, work, a dream that God's given her, um, for any woman who gets tired, for any woman who struggles with comparison, it's really a biblical look at how can we seek to be equipped and empowered by God. Um, and it really looks a lot at the story of Moses and how God interacted with him and how God interacted with his capacities. And so it really just teaches women to to fight fear, to fight comparison, to fight those feelings of, I can't, I'm not enough, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking as I was looking at all of your titles that you've, you've written, that there does seem to kind of be a little bit of that theme of, of what do we do when we don't feel like we're enough? Yeah, absolutely. How do you think that whole idea of not enoughness? Well, I'm sure, of course, it's just very tightly ingrained into this new message uh, of breaking free. What was the journey for you to that brought you to this book? You know, it's so interesting. So this book, Breaking Free from Body Shame, is essentially the book I've, I've God's been writing in me since I was born. It has been the major area of weakness in my life. It has been it has been the major area of weakness, how I feel about my body and how I see my body. But around five years ago, I started to experience just some extreme freedom and healing and hope, specifically in regards to my body image and 
I, I kind of tucked it on a shelf and thought one day I'll write this book. One day I'll start to share some of these things that have really, sh- God's been really like fleshing out for me and helping me with. But what led me to just go ahead and and pull the trigger and write the book is the pandemic. So my mm. editor actually called me about a month and a half into the pandemic and she said, hey, how how do you think women are feeling about their bodies right now? And we had already discussed that one day I'd write this book. She said, how do you feel? How do you think women are feeling about their bodies right now? And how do you think women are going to feel about their bodies when they come out of this? And um, I thought, yeah, pretty bad. I, I had started to see the jokes online about the COVID-19 or not putting our pants back on, et cetera. Um, and I thought, wow, we're really going to need some help coming out of this thing, I think. And so that's really ultimately what met, led me to writing it now. <laughs> right. Because I thought this feeling of not enoughness is going to be so prevalent. Yeah. It's just so interesting that um, especially because we're living in such a body conscious world and some of it's important. I mean, we want to be healthy and we want to be strong. And yet what we know we ought to be and what we are, we feel that dissonance. And, and so then shame wants to come in or, or I know for me, um, I was 50 pounds heavier for many years and I literally felt so helpless. So there yeah. wasn't just shame. There was yeah. just this helpless feeling. And so I, I love your book because I think it is it is a spiritual component. It is an emotional, mental component. And yet, how do you see that working w- with, with the shame and the ought to's and then, but actually breaking through into some freedom where we are coming into the health that God intends us to have? Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. Even in the problem, we see the spiritual issue. So even in you saying like you felt helpless, whether women, because I don't think shame is the first word that necessarily everyone feels. I think that's an all encompassing label, but I think for a lot of us, it is defeated or disappointed or frustrated or grieved about, about our body or its capacity or what it's done. Um, and so what's interesting about all of those things is that those emotions in and of themselves are not wrong or bad or I, I believe sinful. But then I think the enemy of our souls really does use them to spiritually torment us, to yeah. make us believe bad things about ourselves or our worth, to make us believe bad things about God, to keep us from stepping into our callings, to keep us trapped in comparison and fear. And so even in the problem, we see this really spiritual problem in that women are not experiencing abundant life that Jesus purchased for them on the cross of Christ. And so the issue then becomes like, okay, if, if, if it's a spiritual problem and the enemy is coming for our souls about this, what's the answer? And, and we can say the easy answer of like, Jesus, Jesus, this is the answer. (laughs) But essentially breaking free from body shame is a really long explanation of what I think that means to say, if the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. Yeah. You know, that um, that it is for freedom's sake that you have been set free, that the work that was done on the cross of Christ defeated that death and shame and fear and even 
even like the sickness and sadness that we're going to experience for eternity. So what does that mean fleshed out? Um, but to answer your question more specifically and logistically, like, okay, so let's even say like, what is it, what does it mean to handle this spiritually? I would say, you know, okay, to cut to the chase, a lot of times if women will say, okay, what do I do? What do I do? How do I fix body shame? What do I do? Well, how do I get free? I'd say, okay, let's start here. If you want like a one small thing to start, start with, what you say about your body. Hmm. Just bring your mouth into obedience. Do not speak against what God has made, right? This is honoring him with everything that we do. That's spiritual. And then bring your mouth into obedience, speak life. This is a spiritual component. And what I, the reason why I tell women that we can start in our mouths is that we can control it. But also something really wild happens when we start to speak life and we decide I'm not going to speak negatively about our bodies. We start to notice the negative messages that we are hearing in our minds and that we're hearing all around us. And then we experience the transforming power of the renewal of our minds, which is a spiritual component. So all these things are so deeply spiritual and it just starts with like, hey, maybe don't talk bad about your body. Just stop saying, just stop saying it's weird or just stop saying it's ugly or just stop using defaming words to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I love about your approach, you know, I I brought in the whole weight uh, aspect, but you talk about all of us, you know, mm-hmm. we may not struggle with weight, but we have body issues, whether it's our health or whether, you yeah. know, I, I've got a dear friend because of, of a syndrome that she was born with, uh, lives her life in a wheelchair, yet she has so much passion and she wants to do so many things and yet yeah. here she is. And yeah. so saying, okay, Lord, this is who I am. This is how you've made me. And then embracing that, that. It, we know it's important, but how to get there. And I, mm-hmm. I like that you talk about bringing our words into it, but is it, what would you say to that girl? Who's like, okay, yeah, your body has let you down. Mm-hmm. What What's the message for us? Absolutely. That's the best question because, so what's interesting is in Christian culture in inside the church, we're not talking a ton about body image, but outside of, of the church and outside of Christian culture, there is so much, there is so much chatter and noise and, and even a lot of good, encouraging things being shared. But uh, one critique I have um, with the, some of the messages that are necessarily not as biblical is that there's just this like blind love that you're just, we're just all supposed to love our body, love your body, love your body, love your body. But what you're saying is so true. Like a lot of us actually have experienced pain, disability, um, frustration in and with our bodies. And so we need something a little bit more mature. And and this is what I love about God. What I love about the gospel is that he's simple and clear with us. But when we need complexity and when we need compassion, he's there for us. And so he's I think this beautiful theology of the gospel that says, hey, the good news that you are saved by grace is only really made good by the bad news that you are not enough on your own. And the same is true for our body. It's so complex. The good news that your body is good is really good because it is still good because God made it. It's still good because God can and will use it. But you can actually still experience weakness and pain because we live under the effects of the fallen world. So even 
this idea of a more kingdom-minded body mindset, um, what's so interesting about it is that it actually makes sense. It helps us understand this weakness and frustration and pain and disappointment we feel in our bodies because God shows us this is why you're going to experience pain in your body. This is how I'm going to make it okay. But it's not all futile. It's not all fruitless. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use every tear. I'm going to use every sigh. I'm going to use every point of pain. And yet, your body is still good. So that's a lot that's a lot of words to say what I would tell her is great news. You do not have to pretend like everything's fine. Hmm. God has never asked that of you. Yeah. Actually, he wants to ha- meet with you about it. He wants to have compassion. He already does have compassion. He wants to comfort you for the ways you experience disappointment and pain and frustration in your body. And he still called it good knowing full well the pain that you would experience. Hmm. And you don't say that lightly. No, I don't say that lightly. You have your own journey. Can you tell us about this? Yeah. Well, as a number one, I'm just, I'm, I'm quick to say like, we're obviously on a podcast, so not everyone can see me or know my story, but Number one, I'm not a typical sized woman and I never have been. Um, and so a, a lot of times, even I think the internet can be deceiving and pictures can be deceiving. And I've had women say like, must be nice for you. This must be easy for you. And so I would just say like, you know, right off the bat, just so you know, my journey to body freedom did not take me out of the category of being plus size. I'm still I'm still fully plus size, still blessed to be in my body and love my body. And, and this journey of experiencing freedom has not changed my size at all. But on top of that, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder in 2010. So I've been living with that for the last 11 years and and learning what my body needs and what kind of care it needs. And and there are days where it feels just incredibly fragile. There are days when it it feels broken or it feels like it can um, almost experience sickness and tenderness and, um, and sensitivity so much more than anyone else that's around me. And I have to, I have to work through those things even, even more so like I'm a woman who's experienced a miscarriage. That's, that's a disappointment and a frustration and a grief that I understand with my body. And so, um, I think there's just such a power in, in voicing those things and normalizing those things. So I'm so glad you, you asked that. Um, but I would just say, yes, me too. I'm a part of the club of the women who have the women who have felt frustrated or disappointed in my own flesh too. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that there's like this messaging culture that if you just do it, you know, if you, you, you should be able to fix this. If you just Mm -hmm. ate healthy enough, if you just did just this, just, and it's almost to the point where it, I feel like some of the messages, you should have no limitations. And yet here we are in this fallen world with limits. And I, I'm not going to be able to be 33 again. You know, here I am pushing 60. And I was talking to you before we got on, you know, like having to make peace with this is, this is who I am right now. Yes. Yeah. How can I glorify the Lord here? How can I say, Ooh, my boundaries have fallen in delightful places rather than looking at other people's lives and thinking, well, they seem to have it easier. Why do I have to struggle with weight when my sister and my brother don't struggle with weight? You know, all of those things. Can I say, can I say, this is the life you've given me. This is the body that you've prepared for me. 
Wow. And, can, and I love how you said, can I declare it good? Daring to reclaim what God has named good. I want you to unpack that a little bit because there's something powerful in that. Mm, yeah. Well, every, I'll tell you that every word was chosen very intentionally. Um, I, number one, I, I do think it's a daring, brave, courageous, bold move to believe God. And I think it is actually genuinely very countercultural to believe that your body is good and to believe that it's good because God said so. Um, and I think I love, so I love that it says daring. <laughs> I love, um, that it talks about what God has named because it's it's really truly my belief in Him, not my belief in my own body, but my belief in Him that leads me on that journey. But I even love the word reclaim because it's such an active processing verb. And mm. I want to be the, the first one to tell women, this is not a read the book and you're done kind of journey. This is not like a one night it's all finished situation. A lot of times the work to reclaim what God has said, what God has done, what God has written is a process. And I think every part of that process can be really beautiful, but it it does take some work. It takes some digging into our past to get healing. It takes some renewal in our present. I think it takes some looking forward to the future and getting hope and getting urgency about serving other women in this way. And so, um, yeah, I love that question because all of those words feel so important to me, daring to reclaim what God has named good. Yeah. Well, you know, we know that in a spiritual sense, mm -hmm. you know, that we have to proclaim what God says above o over what we feel. And But here it comes into, can I look in the mirror and say, oh, sweetheart, <laughs> it's good. It's a, a friend of mine, Robin Jones Gunn, and I'll link in the show notes to her episode because it was so powerful. She talked as an author, like a prolific author, uh, that a friend of hers had come over and was talking about all of her books. And so they went to this shelf where they were all there. And she goes, yeah, that one, mm, I wish I would have had two more months on, you know. Oh, uh -huh. that one, I didn't really like the ending. And, and I can't remember the process, but basically the Lord was just saying, I want you to look at those and say, it is good. Just like I declare, yeah. you know, and it's interesting. She brought out that, you know, God, he took six days to create earth when it could have been done in just a flash, but over each step, e each in almost incomplete day, mm -hmm. he said, it's good. Yes. It's good. It's good. Yes. And so I think if we could do that, if we could proclaim right now, it's good. And yet still be willing to embrace the journey of growth and becoming everything he wants us to be. What have you learned about that? Like, okay, it's good, but it, but Lord, how do I steward what you've entrusted to me? Absolutely. It's so interesting. Um, to, to some degree, I'll be honest with you, it never really dawned on me that this would be such a, a question that women have, but it, it, it's such a common question. So a lot of times I hear like, okay, we're breaking free from body shame. It's biblical. Galatians 5, we're going for it. John 8, um, let's do it. Let's break free from body shame. But should do we still need to be healthy? And, or sometimes, a lot of times, uh, women will almost even ask it as like an accusation. So like, um, mm. so wait, do, do, does that mean you don't exercise? And I would, I'd be like, oh, I, I didn't even consider, I didn't even consider we would be having this conversation, but I'm so glad we are. And again, back to, to me, I think everything's 
spiritual to some degree, (laughs) but I think it's a spiritual issue that the enemy has made our brains begin to pit healthiness and wholeness against Mm. freedom. And so there's this misunderstanding that like if we, if that we're, if we're free, we're totally free that we, similar to what you said, we won't have to work inside the constraints of what's wise and, and intentional and, and, and thoughtful boundaries for our body. And so this is the both and right work of, of living in this now and not yet world of people who are redeemed and saved and called gods and yet still living here under the effects of the fallen world that I can say this body is good and I still need to treat it as good. Now the the yeah. difference is all in the motivation. And so I'm not trying to make it good. I'm not trying to earn anyone's approval. I'm not trying to earn God's approval. I'm not trying to make my body good or or strive to make it better, but I am going to respond and honor what God has created and therefore then treat it healthily and eat it and feed it and nourish it and rest it and do all the things that I would to any Anything that God had made that I wanted to honor and take care of. Yeah, that's so good. We're such either or people, aren't we? <laughs> it's so you true. Both? It's so true. You know, the answer is either that. And it's like, no, it's a both and sort of thing. I, but you know, I, I was just thinking as you were talking, I wonder sometimes if, if it even doesn't, I don't know how to bring it, how to explain it, but if it almost is, doesn't kind of walk that line that we often walk in our Christianity between works-based Christianity yes. and grace-based, right? Yes. Where it's where it's all dependent on me or it's all dependent on God. And not seeing that there's this beautiful synergy when we tap into the grace of God. Yes, you're so right. That he want and I think for me, that's was my journey with my weight. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. making promises that this week will be different, Lord. This week, I promise willpower. I can do this. And Monday morning, dropping the kids off to school, I couldn't drive by on the way home. Hardy's all you can eat biscuits and gravy, you know? And I felt like, like getting control over my appetite would be as miraculous as growing another limb. But I began praying mm. just this simple prayer, have mercy on me, son of David, have mercy on me, son wow. of David. Wow. And somewhere in just that, like, okay, God, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I can't seem to get there. Yeah. Just beginning to like, just throw myself on his mercy. And then he began to just, in his grace, bring some keys to my kingdom, you know? And I think, I think if we could just get honest about that, yes, Lord, I love, yes, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, but Lord, I feel like I'm trapped in a a defeating pattern that Mm -hmm. constantly keeps me in shame and guilt. Could you set me free? And, and I, he's there. That's what he came to do. I think, I think it's so important that we tap into his mercy. And I love that you just talk about all of these different facets. What do you think are maybe one or two other things that just we could grab hold of today to get from where we are to not just acceptance, but like actually loving the life we've been given Mm -hmm. as well as the body we've been given. Yeah. 
Well, you know, you I feel like you hit the nail on the head when you talked about Psalm 16. That's one of my favorite passages. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Oh, what a word. And I would say one thing, I mean, I've already mentioned bringing our mouth just really under submission to God and, and being obedient to Him. I would say another thing is using that passage, using that Psalm 16 to look at our bodies and to work through um, not only some gratitude for what our bodies have done, what they can do, and what they are doing for us, but also looking at our limitations and looking at our boundaries with our eyes wide open. I just love that you said that. And really, even, I mean, I would say this is like bonus points, 300 bonus points, you know, if God gave those, which thankfully he doesn't, but this one's way up there, like really even thanking God for those limitations and those boundaries and for how we experience his mercy and his kindness in those. I just think um, if we really want to kick Satan in the teeth. That's a good one to <laughs> say like, number one, I'm thankful for this body for what it can do. And I'm thankful for what it can't do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. And then I would say another immediate thing we can do is just start blessing the bodies of the women around us. Mm. Um, just start speaking life over them and calling out what is good and beautiful in them. And and I don't even necessarily obviously mean culturally beautiful, but calling out their strengths and their gifts and what their good bodies can do. And the reason why I think that's such a game changer is not just because it's encouraging, but obviously we want to be encouraging women, but because when we change the language, we change culture. And so when we start to speak this over one another, they speak it back to us. And all of a sudden, our cultures, even our Christian cultures that used to be very shame-based in regards to our bodies are just life-giving and flowering and, and abundant. And so those would be the big ones I would start to say, like that we can all, they, they feel big, but we can do them today. Mm-hmm. We can absolutely do them today. That is so good. I don't know why, but I got just got this picture in my mind of when you talk about calling out those qualities in mm-hmm. other people. You know, we when you go to the store and you pick up something that someone recommended, it's not because it had a beautiful box and the marketing's really great and the brand colors are very attractive. It's the product inside. Yes. Not our body. And I think, don't you think that in especially our American culture, we kind of think that this is it. Like, yep. this, we really do judge the book by the cover and we miss, miss the treasure that's inside. So I love that you said that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so great. The other thought that I had when you talked about accepting our limitations, I was working with a life coach for a while, dear, amazing woman, Joy Schroeder. And Joy was paralyzed from the waist, the neck down uh, by a terrible car accident 29 years ago. Mm. But she said this statement, she goes, oh, Joanna, I love my life. I love my life. She said, I get to help people all around the world sitting at my kitchen table. She can't really travel anymore. She's dependent on care 24 hours a day, but she said, I love my life. Wow. And God wants to give us that, that ability to enjoy what we have rather than grieve what we don't. Wow. Mm. So good. So wonderful. When, when you think about all of the women out there reading this book, it came out this last spring. I, I'm sure you've already gotten lots of feedback. You've had some interaction. 
what are some of the breakthroughs that women are experiencing? Mm. You know, I, I have talked to so many women who say that they finished the last page of the book and they find themselves saying, I think I'm beautiful. Wow. I think I'm beautiful. And I've heard from several women who have said that. And that is so poignant to me because not only and not not at all, and, and none of them have described it in a vain or conceited or even um, cultural way, but that they're beginning to see themselves the way God sees them. Mm-hmm. And so just de- dedicating that time um, has changed their minds, which as an author, I know, you know, this, like it, it, I know you've experienced this. It just reminds you that he's real and he's good. And this is what he does. Like he changes hearts and he changes minds Yeah, and I can't think of anything more powerful. So that's some of the things I've seen. I'll tell you, I've seen, um, some women experience healing in their marriages and I've seen some women experience, begin to experience healing in their their friendships, their relationships with between mothers and daughters, um, where words have gone awry here. I've seen some powerful stories of moms apologizing to daughters and friends telling other friends, like, I'm sorry for how I've aided in this for you. And so um I'm I'm of the belief that, you know, one of the most one of the most powerful things we can do is say sorry. And so hearing some of those stories has been just my absolute favorite. Mm. Well, you know, I I love what you're talking about because I think we're so we're so kind of product driven. We're so uh, if if I was only just get there, then I would be happy. Mm-hmm. Then I'd feel fulfilled. And of course, we all know that once you get there, there moves and there's a new there. And so how to like go yes, right here, right now, with my limitations, with what I am and what I'm not. It's good. It yes. is, and like God said, it is very good. It's not just it is good. Very it's good. very good. Absolutely. Because why is it important to live life from that place of self-acceptance rather than constantly being driven forward, forward, forward? It's interesting. You know, I think I've, I've heard a few people say like, I mean, do we even really need to talk about this? Like, can't we just think about God more and think about our bodies less? And I would say, number one, that is not working. 97% of women are struggling with body image issues. So nobody's thinking about God more and their bodies less. That's not happening. Number two, I think really experiencing freedom and wholeness here will help us to love people better. It will help us to truly like see past our own weaknesses and see how we can serve other people. Um, I think it's going to help us to experience God in our bodies. I I personally believe it's going to help us to rest more. Um, I think a lot of us struggle with rest. I know our entire culture struggles with rest, but I think a lot of the reasons is we can't we can't rest in our bodies because they're the number one place where we experience striving toward our body, mm. just wanting our body to be better. Um, and so those are all things that I think the fruit that we're going to see. I think we're going to see people able to love people better, people able to experience God more clearly and, and more vibrantly and, and to just experience wholeness and, and rest in their bodies a little bit. Yeah. Mm, That's so good. I love that you talk about the healing in the marriages and in relationships. Yes. It's interesting. I found at least personally, as I've learned to judge myself less, I'm Mm -hmm. less likely to judge others. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's almost like giving ourselves grace. It's it's like seeing this is beautiful. This is good. Just where I'm at. 
And yet, Lord, I'm just going to welcome you to make me everything you want me to be. Ah. Well, I, I just would love to have you pray over those women out there because, you know, we've only touched on just some facets, but I can sense that there's some mm-hmm. things that have been stirred up and there's some yeah, buts, you know, well, yeah, <laughs> but. But what about this? And I'm learning to kind of go, okay, what is that really strong pushback that I'm sensing here? What is, what's really behind that Lord? And and what are you wanting to do in me? And so Mm. we're just going to trust that the Holy Spirit's going to do that in your lives, you girls out there. But as we close our time, would you pray for us? I would love to. Thank you so much. Father, we thank you that freedom is your idea. We thank Mm. you that our bodies were your idea, that you made them intentionally and creatively. And we just say, would you increase our capacity to believe in you? Would you increase our capacity to believe and to hope in you? Would you just put even hope in us that this is something you could heal in our time, in our individual lives, and in our culture? We believe, we agree, we come unto alignment with the idea that you are enough, that you are strong enough, that the blood shed on the cross is enough. And we ask that you would help us to see the work, to see the fruit, to see the healing in our lives, in our cultures, in our relationships. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being with us, Jess. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Don't you love Jess's sweet spirit and her heart to see us set free? I hope you'll go to the show notes and order her book, Breaking Free from Body Shame, Dare to Reclaim What God Has Named Good. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made, my friend. You're not a mistake. You've been specifically designed and shaped to fill the spot where God has placed you. If you enjoyed this interview, I hope you'll take time to leave a rating and a review. It really helps us get the podcast out to more people. But I also want to give a special shout out to Kim Trihe, who shared each and every episode during the Best of the Living Room series this summer. You've won the grand prize, my friend. So hey, until next time, you guys, let's just accept the acceptance of God and allow Him to make us what He wants us to be so that you and I can live and love and lead like Jesus.